Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe and sitting here joined by Tom Dorian. Sidekick. In the house. In the house. Hey, I'm glad you're here. And, you Thank know, you. I'm going to rely on you this show a Uh-oh. lot. Uh-oh. My voice is going or something. Oh, don't do that to me. I think I was yelling at the kitchen staff back there too loud. <laughs> we were celebrating. They made a really good batch of donuts, and we ate most of them. You know, you're never supposed to yell at the chefs. Well, I don't. Or the waiters or waitresses. You know that. Yeah, because they spit on your food, but not well, here at the Catholic yeah, exactly. Cafe. We don't do that here. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. That yeah, well, I hope we don't. Anyway, and we so don't, yeah, nobody yells at them. That, that aside, right. uh, we're going to talk about something. In fact, I want you to pray for me. Always. Pray that I get through this show with my voice. You need all the prayers you can get. I appreciate that. And you know what? <laughs> a, f- a funny thing is, that's what our topic is. Really? Today, we're going to talk about, about that? the concept, the Catholic understanding of intercession. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. You know, a lot of people take that for granted to some degree, but then maybe forget about the power of intercession right. in our Catholic faith and why it's so important to us and how it affects what we do every day in right. faith. Right, right. And I started thinking about this because I read a particular uh, verse in the Bible, and, and I thought I'd go ahead and read this on just a verse, a little story. And I think we're all familiar with this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to read the version that's in um, the Gospel according to Mark, and this is the second chapter of Mark, starting at the very beginning of the second chapter. It says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it became known that he was at home. Many gathered together so that there was no longer room for them, not even around the door. And he preached the word to them. I want to stop for a second. Can you imagine that picture? <laughs> no room even at the door. I mean, he, you know, he's like... The like, place was packed. Oh, yeah, and everywhere. It's almost like the Catholic Cafe. Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. <laughs> we, or my house at Christmas time. Right. There's nowhere oh, to yeah. sit. There's nowhere to sit. Well, this is like... Now, imagine there's hundreds, if not thousands of people outside the door, mm. standing in the yard, mm-hmm. on the street, around the corner, just trying to get a word sure. from this guy they've heard about. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's it's pretty uh, pretty impressive. They came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Unable to get near Jesus because of the crowd, they opened up the roof above him. After they had broken through, they let down the mat on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Child, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there asking themselves, Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus immediately knew in his mind what they were thinking to themselves. So he said, Why are you thinking such things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, pick up your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins on earth. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your mat, and go home. He rose, picked up his mat at once, and went away in the sight of everyone. They were all astounded and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. That's a great story. It's one of those stories that, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times we, we read about miracles, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just really cool to see, and it helps us to understand who Jesus was and his mission on earth. And, you know, and that's important. Mm-hmm. But there's also in these gospel stories these little points that sometimes we kind of just miss. Mm-hmm. Right, we, we 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 go too fast through this, 
we see these big parts of the story and we missed some of the details. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this and thinking about the concept of intercession. And, you know, if you think about it for a second, imagine, first of all, you're, you're in that setting. Imagine you were one of the lucky guys in the house. Mm-hmm. Jesus is in the house there. Mm-hmm. And as he's talking, right? I know where you're going. Then, then imagine all of a sudden like these specks of dust start to kind of <laughs> come through the... Right, and you're like, first of all, you're already you're hearing like reindeer's hooves up on the roof, right? You're hearing noise. Well, I don't think you're just hearing. I think you're seeing. I mean, think about five guys in one spot on a roof. Yeah, but you're inside. No, but it would sag. Even, oh, yeah. Okay, even my roof that, today. Yeah. If there were five guys in well, one spot. Well, people saw where you live. They'd be uh, <laughs> they'd, lucky they I don't think the there. roofs back then were as sturdy as they are here well, now. Well, even so, you right. know something's going on. The dust oh, yeah. starts going, and he keeps yeah. talking. He keeps preaching. He keeps telling them all the truths of right. salvation and God's mercy. And, and some sheetrock hits you in the yeah, eye. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, and, and at some point in time, you've got to have to look up and go, wow, what's going on here? And you may see like a knife or something. Right. You know, a blade coming through this roof. They're cutting a hole or they're tearing back right. the roof. Yeah. And this has got to be a spectacle. It's not something to happen in five or ten seconds. You know, unless they fell through the roof, and it doesn't say that. So right. imagine it was a very deliberate, calculated, long process yeah. to get this guy through a hole in the roof. Right. You know, imagine just trying to get the guy up there on the roof in the first place, which oh, yeah. we don't hear about. But they couldn't get close to Jesus, but they wanted so badly for Jesus to 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 be with this person. And yeah, heal their heal friend. Right. right. They, want, they wanted their friend healed. So they do all this stuff, and they cut this hole, and then they lower... You know, down. I imagine people are kind of staring, like, "What do we got going on today?" You know, if you follow Jesus, just things are happening left and oh, yeah. right. You know, we're either uh, feeding five thousand people, or we're right. walking on water. All kinds of we're, dead people are getting up and walking. You know, right. it's a, it's a, it's really a uh, uh, it's a it's a nice. Uh, if you get a ticket to see Jesus, you you're deal. in for a show. It's yeah. it's some serious stuff that's going on. It's really cool. And they're lowering this guy on top of them. That's There's right. no so, space. In, that's in right. The that's right. So here comes here comes this paralytic. Right, mm-hmm. they lower him down. Mm-hmm. And what's in, in impressive to me mm-hmm. and i think what's important for us to see and maybe sometimes we miss is this one little phrase that's at verse five okay right and it says when jesus saw their faith he said to the paralytic child your sins are forgiven so jesus healed hmm. the paralytic because of the faith of the four friends not the paralytics well he didn't ask the paralytic now uh, do you believe who I am? Do you believe that I'm God? Do you believe that I can heal you? Do you, do you love me? Will you follow my commandments? Right. Uh, you know, will you uh, do everything I ask of you? He doesn't ask him any of those questions. It just says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic child, your sins are forgiven. He wow. healed him based solely on the faith of those. Now, I'm sure the paralytic had faith, too. And maybe even the paralytic was like going, take me to, to Jesus. He can heal me. And maybe he did. Yeah, he could have. But that wasn't what Jesus, there was no quiz. Right. Right. And that's that's what's so important for us to understand and kind of pick up on here is this the power of intercession. Mm-hmm. It was because of those four good friends that this man was healed. Right. And if we think about this this idea of healing, right, we see in Scripture, we see a, a, a physical healing here, but there's also a spiritual healing. And we can tune into that spiritual healing, mm-hmm. right, and we can suddenly realize that maybe the story is talking to us about basically going to heaven. Right. Right. About being a good Christian, about living a life and then going to heaven. 
at the end of that life, and that's that that we're all you know paralyzed and by, by sin, by greed, by anger, by whatever uh, uh, confronts us mm-hmm. and maybe even overtakes us if we allow it. We're, we're paralyzed. We are paralytics, mm-hmm. right? And it's because of the intercession of four good friends that there is healing. It's a big now, deal. God does the healing, right? It's not the four friends, right? But the four friends are the ones that brought that paralytic to Jesus. Right. And so we need to understand the importance of intercession in our lives. And it's so it's so easy, again, to overlook that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. not realize, well, you know, he's covered or I don't really need to. Th- I need to think about it's me and Jesus. I need to pray for myself. Right. Right. And we sometimes lose sight of that. I, I do want to read another story. Okay. Uh, it, real short. We're, we're, it's Bible story. Bible story hour here hey, at the Catholic Cafe. I love it. I love it. Uh, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 8, uh, starting with verse 5. As he entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, begging him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home in terrible distress. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion answered him, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word. And my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard him, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and sit at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. And the centurion, and to the centurion Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Now this is a, another case where Jesus heals mm-hmm. someone based on the faith of another. Sure. Right. And again, he doesn't, you know, this guy comes to him and this is a centurion. This is not, this is what Jesus is marveling at. He's not following the way. He's not a Christian. That's right. Well, he is now. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And maybe he's become a Christian, but in, in, in all this, is, it's going on, but he knows that Jesus can heal. Right. And he wants his servant healed. Right. Right. And so it's because of his faith and that, and we see this and, in, in how powerful it is. Mm-hmm. And again, Jesus doesn't ask the servant or the paralytic. Well, so what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Are you are you on board with all the stuff you got to do and following me and all that kind of stuff? No, doesn't ask any of those questions. Mm-hmm. It's because of the faith, the faith of the centurion, the faith of the four friends, and that would tell us that our faith is important, right? Not only to ourselves but to others, right? To our children, friends, everybody. Exactly right. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this uh, intercession, this idea of intercession. When we come back. We're going to put all this stuff in perspective. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. It is great. It is wonderful, and I'd love for you to be there, and I pray that you would come <laughs> and, and look at our website. But also, I pray that you'd email me, send me a message. I'd He's love to lonely. hear from you guys. Lonely. I'm lonely, but you know what? I also... Actually, you're really not that lonely. You get a lot of emails. Yeah, i got a big family, too. That keeps you from being lonely. That's true. But anyway, if you'd Sorry. like to send an email to me or my family, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so with that, we pray that you'll be right back. Amen. I'm Bester Zemski, and this is another great moment in church history.
Even though you may diligently search the scriptures, you will not find the word Trinity there. Much like many other doctrines like purgatory, the Holy Trinity can be best understood in light of a combination of sacred tradition alongside sacred scripture. There is a very old and interesting tradition concerning the teaching of the Trinity, usually attributed to St. Patrick, a bishop of Ireland. When St. Patrick arrived in Ireland as a priest, the Emerald Isle was predominantly pagan, and there was a well-established practice of polytheism, the worship of multiple gods. St. Patrick made it his personal goal to win the island over to the one true God and his one church. At great personal risk, he fought tirelessly in this holy endeavor. A particular stumbling block for many of the polytheists was the Catholic understanding of the Holy Trinity. How can you say that you worship one God, but pray to three, they would ask. St. Patrick is said to have used a very novel and successful illustration to help them understand the Trinity. Perhaps he got this idea from reading St. Paul's letter to the Romans. In chapter 1, verse 20, Paul says, Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, have been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. Legend has it St. Patrick displayed a piece of shamrock, a three-leafed variety of clover common to the area. He asked those to whom he was ministering, Is this one leaf or is it three? After a thoughtful pause, they would reply, It is both one leaf and three. St. Patrick would simply say, And so it is with God. The use of the shamrock to better illustrate the Holy Trinity, one God and three persons, is still used today and serves as a wonderful starting point for discussions about the Trinity and its place as a foundational doctrine of the faith. St. Patrick was very effective as a Catholic missionary in Ireland. He personally welcomed thousands into the church through the sacrament of baptism. He ordained hundreds of Irish Catholic priests, set up many churches throughout the country, and founded many monasteries all of which kept the fires of faith burning in Ireland for years to come. Though he was not Irish himself, the people of the Emerald Isle have taken him as their own, making him the patron saint of Ireland. His feast day is March 17th. I'm Bestrozemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe talking to Dom Dorian about intercession. Yes, sir. You know, intercession, we had those two great stories, the healing of the paralytic, the healing of the centurion's servant. Mm -hmm. And so we see intercession is something that's integral in our faith. It's scriptural. Right. Right. We've always taught it. In fact, our catechism helps us understand Intercession. If you look at paragraph 2635, it says, Since Abraham, intercession, asking on behalf of another, has been characteristic of a heart attuned to God's mercy. Mm -hmm. In the age of the church, Christian intercession participates in Christ as an expression of the communion of saints. In intercession, he who prays looks not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others, even to the point of praying for those who do him harm. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not going to be easy to do. We'll talk no. about that in a second. But this whole idea of intercession has been along for around, been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. And in fact, a lot of people don't realize it, but essentially our whole salvation is wrapped up in intercession. Right. I mean, essentially, Jesus 
is the intercessor. Jesus intercedes on right. our behalf, right. Right? right? Scripture tells us that. The church has always taught that. And our whole basis for salvation is intercession. Right. It's not that, I mean, yes, God himself did come down and save us. But, but the way we phrase it and the way we experience it in the Trinity is that God sent his only begotten son. Right. God sent his son, and now his son, who died for us, is in heaven and intercedes on our behalf. Exactly. Right. Right. So intercession is, that is the, that's, how we, uh, th- that's how we get to heaven. You know, I get, I get that part, and I'm being devil's advocate here, by the way, but I, and I get that, and I also get me interceding for you and you interceding for me, but, you know, we're here on earth, we're alive, we can see each other, we can right. look across the room. But what about the, the guys out there, the girls that are saying, okay, well, you're asking for people in heaven to intercede on your behalf, not just Jesus. You're asking St. Paul, St. Peter, Is this the Saint why don't Mary. you go straight to Jesus thing? Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you answer that? Oh, well, that... That one's pretty easy, I think. Okay. Well, first of all, there's a couple things we have to note, right? First of all, it's important that we pray for each other, and you've pointed that out. Right. And I think it's right to say that we would pray for each other. Yeah. Uh, the early church has always taught that. If, In fact, if you uh, read, here's something from Clement of Rome, uh, uh, the, the first epistle of uh, Clement to the Corinthians. This mm-hmm. is... This is old stuff. Written. Yeah, what year? What year was Clement around? Well, Clement would have been in the end of the first, first century. and second yeah. centuries, yep. right? Yep. So, um, let us then also pray for those who have fallen into any sin, that meekness and humility may be given to them, so they may submit not unto us, but to the will of God. For in this way they shall secure a fruitful and perfect remembrance from us, with sympathy, sympathy, sympathy for them both in our prayers to God and our mention of them to the saints. Mm -hmm. So praying with the saints and praying for others and asking the church to pray on the behalf of somebody, Mm -hmm. this is is always been around in the early church and also in Scripture. The entire church prayed for Peter when he was in captivity. Do you remember? This is the only time in the Scripture we see that that, that the church prayed for somebody. Mm -hmm. The church as a body prayed for Peter. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And so we see the importance of that. So first concept is yet yeah, understand that there is the the importance of praying for each other. Sure. Second thing to note is in St. Paul says it so well that when he talks about what would separate us from the love of Christ, what mm-hmm. would se- separate us from the body of Christ mm-hmm. to be in, in happiness. And he, and, he, and he says that even death, even the sword would not separate us. Mm-hmm. And you think about that for a second. That means that even though we would pass away, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that um, that we're dead. Right. What it means is we're 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 dead in the flesh to this world. Mm-hmm. Right. To those in in the in the uh, uh, in Chronos in time here on Earth. Mm-hmm. Right. But really, it's a transitus, a transition. We we move to eternal life, mm-hmm. one way or the other. You know, good or bad. But we move to eternal life in a transition. But we are not. Dead. Right. The, soul the operative is word not. there is life. That's exactly right. Right. And so St. Paul would tell us that even though we die, we're not we're alive dead. in heaven. Right. The sword can't separate us from that love of Christ and the being in the member of the body of Christ. So if we're asking a living member of the body of Christ, like if I'm asking you to pray for me for a specific intention that I have, mm-hmm. right, or vice versa, we're alive. We can see each other, talk to each other. Right. Now, the difference is there is this veil. Mm-hmm. Right. That separates us from those who are in heaven. Right. And so we don't have that same face to face contact. However, we know that they're alive. Right. And we know that they're in the presence of God himself. Yeah. You know, and so then you start thinking, well, why not? 
why would I not talk to someone who I knew to be in heaven? Right. That the church would proclaim through her authority, but then also through the witness of miracles, to the witness of uh, that person's saintly life, that that person was in heaven. It's a beautiful thought, isn't it? So if St. Augustine's standing up there, yeah, and I got a particular problem because I party too much or whatever, and I need help, and St. Augustine was a partier oh, yeah. as a young man. He was. Right? Yeah. And by the way, St. Monica is a model for intercession. He wouldn't be St. Augustine if it weren't for there being his saintly mother praying yeah. him back into the church. Good, great and, point. Right? Yeah. But St. Augustine standing there, kind of just twiddling his thumbs. Well, he's praising God. He's in heaven. He's doing a good thing. Yeah. But you know what? He can he can also pray for me to God on my behalf. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that I stop praying to Jesus. Right. You know, one of the things I like to re- recall or remember is the fact that Jesus, like us, has a human body, mm-hmm. which means he has two ears. <laughs> right. Right, you know, so he can hear my prayers constantly, right. but he can also hear the prayers of those who are who surround him, who right. surround the throne in homage and praise of him, mm-hmm. and who are asking on our behalf, so that then Jesus asks on our behalf, on all of our behalves, to the Father. Mm-hmm. He intercedes for all, all of us, and so I guess the point is, I can pray straight to Jesus. I'm not stopping that. Right. In fact, I'm encouraging that we all pray straight to Jesus. But at the same time, that we have this cloud of witnesses, Scripture tells us. We have these people who are in heaven, saints, just ready to do battle on our behalf. Sure. And we're talking about a lot of them, not just two or three or four or five. Right? <laughs> right? So the heavenly host, the angels, they're all there. They can intercede. They can protect. They can guide. They can help. Mm-hmm. But those saints who have lived on earth mm-hmm. and perhaps even died for Jesus on earth as martyrs, are there in heaven. Mm-hmm. They're not dead. Right. They're arguably more alive than they ever were. Yeah. And so they can hear us. We can we can pray to them for intercession. Right, for intercession, right. not as an end goal that I'm going to become an Augustinian whatever believer and that I think that St. Augustine is God. Right. Of course I don't believe that. Right, right. But I do believe he's standing near God. Well, yeah. Maybe he's kneeling. I think yeah. I'd be kneeling. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess. But it's important for us to understand that. And then I guess that third thing would be that, you know, even, um, you know, St. Paul. So we, we have this idea that we do need to pray for each other. Sure. Right. And then that we that when we're dead, we're not dead. Right. right. If we're in heaven, we're alive. Right. Right. And so asking a brother here on earth, it's the same. Number three is asking a brother. If I'm going if I'm going to ask a brother here on earth, I ask you to pray for me. Sure. I might as well ask the saints in heaven. Sure. Maybe even specifically some of those saints who have encountered some of the same issues I have. Right. Right. St. Saint, Saint Paul asks us to pray for him, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. In Romans chapter 15, uh, verse 30, I appeal to you, brethren, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. Mm-hmm. I'm praying for me. I want you to pray for me. We're all praying together. And so we got those saints in heaven who are alive. Mm-hmm. You know, St. Paul's alive. He's alive in Christ Jesus. Yep. Right? He's in heaven. Pray to St. Paul. Doesn't mean that's the end of your prayer and it stops there. And St. Paul says, hey, thanks for the prayers. Right. Like we're praying to him like he's a God because we're not. Right. So this is important. And, and it's important for us to understand when in intercession, to intercede is not to be the receiver or the receptor to be the goal of the prayers. Right? My 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 goal is that, that it would... They're going to pass it on. Right. That's their job as an intercessor. They're going to pass it on. There you go. And that's what Jesus did from the very beginning. You know, it's all over Scripture, this idea that Jesus intercedes for us. I mean, St. Paul, you know, asks 
this in Romans chapter 8. Is it Christ Jesus who died? Yes. Who was raised from the dead? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed intercedes for us? Mm-hmm. I mean, scripture is all about this intercession. The sacred writer of Hebrews in chapter 7 says, Consequently, he is able for all time to save those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Mm-hmm. So this concept of intercession is not something that's, that's uh, you know, new. Right. It's how we are saved. Right. But almost interestingly, I guess, mm-hmm. we would realize that uh, maybe sometimes we've forgotten in our modern age to do this praying business. Mm-hmm. That we pray for ourselves. It's easy for us to pray for ourselves. That we're kind of selfish sometimes. And I understand that. We go through tough times. But we forget the power of others' prayers for us. Right. Asking people to pray for us, as St. Paul did. Sure. We also forget, I think, also the power of our prayers for others. Absolutely. You know, think about it. You've got to know somebody in your life who's a paralytic. And I'm not talking about just physical. Right. Someone who's a spiritual paralytic. Emotional. Yeah, somebody who needs your prayers. Mm -hmm. And I would highly advise you, and I think you would see the power and the beauty in it, that you would would pray for them. Mm -hmm. And even though they might be an enemy... You know, that's that's another important thing, this idea that we just pray for the peop- people we love. It's mm-hmm. easy to pray for the people we love. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard to pray for the ones that we don't love. And yet Jesus told us that we've got to um, we've got to pray for others, those who aren't even friendly to us. He says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute mm-hmm. you. Ooh, that's not easy. No. Wasn't that Jesus always challenging us? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, the big challenge here is really to see the power of prayer. Yeah. To realize that intercession is something that we desperately need in this world. We need to understand the power of it. We do. You know, intercession also leads us to some of the things that we don't even realize. It's why we baptize infants. Right. You know, a lot of people think, well, you shouldn't baptize. They can't make a profession of faith. Oh, that's right. The parents are interceding. Jesus didn't ask the centurion's servant to make a profession of faith. Jesus didn't ask the uh, paralytic to make a profession of faith. Right. And you're right. The parents then are just intercessors right. for the child. Their right. faith, mm-hmm. their faith, is what's going to save that child right. through this beautiful gift of baptism. Of course, the child grows up, grows into their own, and then God says, "Hey, what do you think?" Yeah, right. And when we do have individually to to have faith, sure. But it starts with that faith of our parents, doesn't it? It does. Intercession is powerful, and it's something that we, as a church, we have a great gift of intercession. So we got to ask ourselves, who are we interceding for? And maybe more importantly, who's interceding for us? Yeah, Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, you sent your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins and so reconcile us to you forever. He now sits at your right hand in heaven, interceding on our behalf. Help us to see that intercession as a divine model in our own lives, that our faith will unite us more deeply with your holy church and the people of God. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.